wrapping up the day's sporting issues deep into the night. This is Extra Time on SENZ. This is SENZ. It is extra time with Ricardo Ball on your Monday night. Just gone 7 o'clock. The Red Hot Chili Peppers, of course, uh, played Auckland the other night. And a few people been a little bit uh, annoyed about some of the songs they didn't play. So we're going to play you the songs the Chili's didn't play uh, right throughout the evening. Is that, is that the plan? Yeah, well, from 7 to 8 anyway, because pretty much if you go to a Red Hot Chili Peppers gig, you know, yep. you expect to hear some of their, their classics, and apparently very few were played. Uh, if I was I was looking at their set list before, and I only really recognised a handful of songs. Really? I think I think they pretty much played most of their new album. Okay. But, I, you know, quite surprising. I'd, I'd feel ripped off if I was a, a paying customer. Uh, they played around the world, down in California, uh, Soul to Squeeze, Californication, By yep. the Way, that's pretty much it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, a mate of mine went and he said, I don't get all the hate. He said, I thought it was a great gig. Oh, I'm not going to dispute that, but yeah. I, I thought, you know, I guess it's kind of like if you go see a band that doesn't come here too often, you probably expect to hear a few more of the classics or even a bigger encore than just two songs. But Yeah, it, I mean, it was, yeah, he was saying like he did, the only song he noticed that they didn't play was um, Under the Bridge. But he wasn't that bothered anyway because he was like heard it a million times. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting one because they are in town, uh, well, they're in New Zealand uh, through till Friday, I think, because they play Dunedin on Thursday night. Yeah, they're probably hitting up some rad waves somewhere around the country, no doubt. They were staying at a piha, apparently. Oh, really? And surfing out there, yeah, because a um, mate of mine talked, did an interview with Flea on Friday. Oh, nice. Um, so yeah, they, and he said, yeah, they basically had to tear him away from his surfboard and get get five minutes on the phone with a Mount PR. Doesn't surprise me. I did some work for a surf magazine many, many years ago, and yeah. I think this was about 2012, 2013, and they were here. And the guy that ran the magazine, he got to pretty much spend like a few days with them going around. I think they were up north. Yeah. They're doing a bit of a surf trip up north. They got to spend a whole lot of time with them, got a whole lot of awesome photos of them on their surfboards and all that. So Sweet. That's, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. That, that, it's funny because there's a few stories I've heard. Um, one of them was somebody, one of the record companies, they took the Queens of the Stone Age when they were here, wanted to go to Piha. So they took them out there and like Josh Homme was walking around and Black jeans, a leather jacket, and boots out of PR, like in the middle of summer, just sweltering, but like going to check it out. Well, it's a dead giveaway for a rock star, then, isn't it? <laughs> like, how can you be less incognito as a rock star at exactly. a beach? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't see, actually, I saw Serge Tankian from System of a Down at PR once. I was, I was, I walked off the beach through the car park to go to that shop to get an ice cream for my daughter. And as just as I walked through this, 
I don't know, probably 2005, something like that, green Cadillac, like just a sedan pulled Ooh. up and pulled up and I kind of didn't really, you know, sort of, and the door opened and Serge Tankian got out. He was like in a really old T-shirt with holes and old pair of boardies and old pair of jandals and I like did that double take and went, I was like, oh, hey, bro. And he was like, hey, bro. Well, <laughs> of course you would because he's wearing, he said he's wearing shorts and a ripped T-shirt. He's, yeah. an, he's another one I expect to rock up there in jeans. Yeah, Like exactly. a John Toogood. Yeah, it was, the, it, was the, it was the double take. And then he got his kids out of the car, so I thought I'd leave him alone. I just left it at it. Hey, bro. That was, that was my celebrity spotting at Piha. Didn't yeah. ask, oh, I was going to say, didn't ask him for a selfie, but it no. probably wasn't really a thing back then. No, well, it wasn't. And I also thought, oh, man, he's at the beach with his kids. You know, leave the guy alone. Last thing he wants. Who's, who's the biggest... Who's the biggest superstar you've seen at the beach? Biggest superstar? Yeah. Or the most the, famous person you've bumped into at the beach? Don't think I've really bumped into anyone famous oh, at really? the beach, to be honest. Okay. Right. I'm pretty sure I would have walked past Rog from the Rock at the beach a couple of times because we both from Oree was, so yeah. I'm, I'm sure I've definitely, I know I've walked past him, but I can't confirm if that was at a beach or not. But well, if you're at Oree, you're at the beach, right? You know, pretty much. And, and the big dog is the king of Oree. Well, his house is literally at the top. Yeah, exactly. The, the uh, Farrelly Towers, exactly. <laughs> um, but anyway, we digress. So uh, we, uh, we, we're going to do that with the Chili Peppers throughout the night. But we're also going to look at uh, the weekend in sport because it's, it's been such a big weekend in sport, starting in Hamilton. And Hamilton was massive for the Sevens because uh, it's, our, it's our last Sevens for who knows how long. Uh, unfortunately, the All Black Sevens men couldn't get it done. I know the, the coach was a bit filthy about that, some of the TMO decisions and that one. Uh, it was pretty tight, but our Black Ferns women did get it done, and Michaela Blyde spoke post the grand final. Michaela Blyde, congratulations. Another final, another title, and another trophy for yourself. What does this one mean? Oh, this one's a little bit extra special. Obviously, with it being the last Hamilton Sevens, we really wanted to make it our best one, um, and to be able to go back-to-back -back at home is extra special as well. So thank you so much to everyone here who have come and supported us. <laughs> it's been amazing, and it's helped us with the energy on the field. So thank you so much. We know you've got plenty of gas on the field, but you pulled that fend out a number of times this weekend. Who do you practice that on at training? Um, Porsche, because <laughs> she fends us all in the throat like you saw against Ireland, so I've got to get her back somehow, but oh, we've got an incredible environment where we let everyone express their tie-hars or their strength, um, and to be able to do that as a unit on the field and put it all together like that just feels absolutely amazing. Ten tries this weekend, three in the final. Was it all those chocolates that you stole from Niall Williams? Yeah, so um, PIC, if you're listening to this right now, Bring more treats to tournaments. Thank you. Um, but yeah, again, I just love being able to express myself on the field. My teammates allow me to do that, and we're able to get wins like this, which is great. Yeah, fantastic performance uh, from a team that included, of course, Portia Woodman, uh, Stacey Flula, Teresa Fitzpatrick, and Sarah Hitterney as well from the Black Ferns team that won the World Cup in 15s. And I tell you that, uh, Georgia Miller, um, she had the she had the blonde hair with up in a ponytail with a pink I don't know it was a pink scrunchy sort of thing in it. She was devastating with the ball in midfield. She was absolutely devastating. One to watch. Only eighteen still, and she'll be a star for a long time, I think. Uh, now also. Um, Good news from a women's sport point of view on the weekend was the Wellington Phoenix women. Uh, they, they've improved their squad a lot this season, and I think they expected to be a lot in a lot better position than they are now. They only got their first win this weekend gone, uh, but boy, did they do it in style. Gomez, lovely 
collision. Here's a charge to make up for. Inside. It's an end of double. Crowd loves it. The Wellington Phoenix 4. Canberra United nil. They've come to life. Wind picking up. Foster. Tings it. And two. And it is. It's five. Yeah, 5-0. Uh, fantastic performance from them. I uh, hope they can carry that on through the rest of the season. I tell you, the star of the show, really, even though Betsy Hassett got two goals, I think the star of the show was Millie Clegg. Millie's in an interesting situation. She didn't want to sign a pro contract because it would preclude her from getting a scholarship and going to study in the US and play college football over there. So she's playing for the Phoenix as an amateur, which is you don't see very often in the professional game. She was an absolute superstar uh, in uh, on the weekend. This is what she had to say post-match. Oh, everyone was so excited. Um, it's been a long time coming, and to win by five goals, it was super special, and everyone was just ecstatic, and it really showed, and everyone ran in the field and gave each other hugs, and everyone was just so excited. First goal for the Phoenix. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was very excited. Um, yeah, I was a bit disappointed not to get a goal sooner, so I was super excited to get a goal. Um, and then we just kept scoring, so it was amazing. Um, 5 0 win. It was a super special moment to get my first goal and, and first win in the same day. Yeah, and um, we, 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 um, I guess last year you played two World Cups. Um, well, that would be a dream come true. So I'll just keep working hard, trying and put in good performances and see what happens. And if they get picked, I get picked. If I don't, I don't. Um, but I'll keep working hard and trying my best and see how, see how it goes. <laughs> yeah. How have you adapted to playing more as a winger on your own? Yeah, like... Um, I feel like I haven't, I actually haven't played wing in probably like five years, so it's been a bit tough, but I mean, as each game comes, I'm getting a bit more used to it, and I've got way more space in the wing, so I've been getting more used to kind of taking people 1v1 and things like that, getting some crosses in. Um, but yeah, it's been good. I've been enjoying it, um, and yeah, it's been good. And what will this win, in terms of turning point for the team season, um, what will this win do the team for the another half season together? Um, yeah, I hope um, it gives us a lot of confidence um, for games coming up and hopefully we can keep pushing to get more and more wins, more and more goals um, and climb the ladder, hopefully. <laughs> There you go. That is uh, Millie Clegg speaking after the 5 0 win. Her first goal in a, uh, a player of the match performance from her as well. She was absolutely superb 5 0 over Canberra. It was also good to see the men get a win over Central Coast, who was second in the league. Uh, and Alex Rufer scored for the Phoenix as well. Would you believe that Alex Rufer has been? I, can't, I don't even know how long he's been with the club. I reckon it feels like he's probably been there maybe like six or seven years. Uh, and he's obviously captain. He's been captain for a while. He was out with injury for a while at, uh, last season, the beginning of this season. On the weekend, he scored his first ever goal for the Wellington Phoenix. How many games has he played, Ben? Do you know? I've just just looked at the numbers. He made his debut mm. for the Phoenix. This yeah. is the men's side. Yeah. 9th of February, 2014. So, okay. Nine years, nearly nine, nine years. years. Nearly nine years. And he scored his first goal on the weekend in a 2-1 win over the Central Coast Mariners. 
Yeah, look, um, really, really proud. Um, it's been a long time coming. Um, obviously, coming back from injury as well. Another proud moment for me, but look, the most important thing is that we won the game, so really, really happy. Um, as soon as the ball goes in the bank of the net, um, what were you thinking celebration-wise? Because it was a mixture of everything in there. Oh, look, it was a bit carnage. Um, I just saw bodies flying at me and I just I just wanted to celebrate with the boys, you know, because um, they've got my back and I've got each and every one of theirs, you know, we're a family and, um, yeah, they mean a lot to me. 90 minutes today as well, Alex, um, which maybe could have been unexpected, but played some, you know, suffering an injury. Were you OK to play the 90? Were you always OK to be able to do that? Yeah, I, I prepare myself to play 90 minutes every week. Um, maybe my body still not ready to play 90 minutes full 100%. But look, at the end of the day, mentally I'm strong enough to get through and I was hanging on at the end there and um, I had Stevie Ugarkovic next to me running like a like a dog to help me. So yeah, I prepare every week to play uh, 90 and um, if I play 90, then uh, all good. And, uh, after you scored, then you had another opportunity which um, flew just wide. As that left your boot, do you think, oh, I've got another one? Yeah, there was a new and ah from uh, the fans, uh, but when I had it, I felt, you know, it's pretty sweet. Uh, just missed, but um, yeah. Look, just hopefully we can keep going and keep getting wins. What were you thinking when um, was the VAR looking at your goal? You know, maybe it was offside. Were you a bit nervous that it was going to be taken? Yeah. Oh, honestly, my head was just flying. But um, yeah, a little. I had a little bit of doubt because I thought it was close, um, and I thought maybe they might have been looking at a foul or another offside. But look, it all it all fell into place nicely. So. And there was a bit of an altercation at the end of the game. Um, a little bit of a start from Trent to something um, catching some weight as he tried to do a, a goal kick. Um, was there any sort of yeah, anything in particular that was annoyed out there? Or? Well, I initially didn't see it, um, but I've seen some videos and, and some boys are saying that the, the player from Central Coast kicked out at Ollie. Look, I didn't see it, so I don't know, but Ollie would only react if something's happened to him. Um, you know, this. At the end of the game, it seems to be happening quite frequent where there's a little bit of, you know, boil over. Um, we have each other's back, and that's why we're always we're all in there. We, 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 uh, we're a family. Is there anything like as captain that you think the team needs to sort out? I mean, obviously it's not necessarily things that you guys are sort of causing there. As you say, it's only three games um, this season. We're after matching sort of boil over. Is there something you need to... The thing that I look at is, you can see that we're a unit. You know, when one one's in, we're all in. Um, yes, I don't think we we need to be doing it, but look at the end of the day, we've got each other's backs, and you know, when you're a team and when you're that close, you, you want to protect your family and protect your mates. So, um, yeah, we'll have a chat about it. Um, I don't think anything needs to happen in terms of a disciplinary action. But look, Ollie, Ollie's a smart boy. He, he, he'll only react if something's happened. So I don't know if maybe someone needs to look at what's happened. But yeah. Did he end up with a ripped shirt? Yeah, he had a ripped shirt. There was a few arms, you know, all over him. But he, he's a big boy, so he can he can handle himself. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. Ollie Sale can handle himself. He is a big boy, as Alex Roofer uh, said there. We'll continue to wrap the weekend and look at the big news stories right here on SENZ Extra Time right after this. This is SENZ Extra Time at 20 past seven here. And uh, we're talking about all the news from over the weekend and today as well. Of course, it was announced today that the New Zealand Warriors have joined us, uh, SENZ, as an exclusive radio partner 
for sports radio. So that's great news. We'll have all the Warriors home games uh, and probably away games as well, I'm picking, uh, live commentary uh, throughout the season and uh, hopefully a bit more access to some of the players and things as well. It'll be fantastic. So looking forward to that partnership. I'll tell you what else was announced today. And that's it. The Highlanders have made a couple of interesting signings. Freddie Burns, former England international, he's a number 10. Uh, so, I mean, that was a, a position of weakness, I, I think you could say, for the Highlanders last season. Um, Sam Gilbert ended up playing a lot there, who had, you know, sort of really been a, a fullback or a winger uh, during a lot of the season. Mitch Hunt didn't have a great season. They ended up uh, shifting him out, and, you know, Marty Banks could only play so many games. Uh, so they brought Freddie Burns in. He's played a lot for the Leicester Tigers. He's won championships with them. So he will bring something uh, to, to, to the Highlanders. Our uh, question is, um, how many, How many? it feels like it's either uh, feast or famine uh, in terms of 10s at the Highlanders. So last year, they didn't have enough. Now, by my count, uh, Vilya Amikaroi was named as a possible 10 last year. Sam Gilbert did play 10. Cameron Miller from the Otago MPC team is in the squad this year. He's there. Freddie Burns, obviously, who they've just brought in. And uh, they have still got Marty Banks as well, according to the squad list that is uh, up on their website. So that's a lot of 10s. Uh, I'm torn on this. A 32-year-old Englishman coming down here to play his rugby as a 10, uh, especially when you've got so many young Guys, like, you know, if Sam Gilbert wants to be a 10 and uh, going forward, if he really decides that's his position, uh, and Cameron Miller from the NPC side, I suppose, you know, you look at it from one side and go, well, there's a guy they can learn a lot from, a guy with a lot of experience and maybe somebody that they can, you know, can bring their game on. And the other flip side, I would say, where, where are the New Zealand options? Do we not have the local options here? Because the other thing too, Ben, is they've also signed an Argentinian outside back. Uh, Martin Bogdaro, uh, Bogado, and uh, you know it's like considering we're a country that's supposed to be a, a rugby factory, do we not have enough players for five Super Rugby teams? Well, I think that is a big concern if you're having to bring first five talent, even outside back talent from other countries into Super Rugby. I know there there are the quotas there, and I know the Crusaders have had guys like Pablo Mateta mm. uh, last year, of course, but you. It, it is concerning. Like, I'm assuming the Highlanders still have Mitch Hunt on the books. Well, that, and that's a question that we need to probably dig a little bit deeper into. But I'm looking at, the, on the official Highlanders website, under um, Highlanders Super Rugby Squad, Cameron Miller is there, who's lo- listed as a first five. Uh, they also have, um, where are we? We also have listed uh, Marty Banks, who obviously is a first five. Mitch Hunt, who's listed as a first five. Uh, Sam Gilbert is listed as an outside back, and so is Viliami Karoy, but both of them were listed as 10s last year. So if you're bringing in a guy who's played for England, he's played against the All Blacks, I believe, Yep. and for experience, then what's the point of Marty Banks being there? Because isn't that the purpose of Marty Banks being there and these young guys leaning off him? Yep, that's a, that's a really good point as well. Uh, I'd be interested to see what the contract situation is with Mitch Hunt and what they're doing there because he was really disappointing last year, I think, uh, but maybe... They think that uh, Marty Banks is the quality backup they need, um, but they can't move Hunt on. I don't know. Because I don't know the exact numbers, but I'm assuming that Freddie Burns must have been on decent money playing for the Tigers because so. I, be- I, I believe part of the situation is that they had, they've had to clear salary cap space. 
the list of Tigers have. The Tigers, and they've they've moved on from quite a few players. So if you look at the players that have departed from last season, there's actually quite a few players that have represented England have been moved on. So I don't, I don't know what's part of cutting that, but I'm assuming he would have been on decent money. So that means the Highlanders would have to probably be forking out decent money for him as well to move to the other side of the world. But, yeah, to me it doesn't make sense, and it does raise the alarm bells, especially if we look in the bigger picture, we got a Richie Mwanga's going overseas next year, mm-hmm. confirmed. We can assume that Bowdoin Barrett is. I don't know if that's been confirmed. Damien McKenzie's had a stint overseas, but when you take away those two guys, you think, okay, who's the next cab off the rank? A guy, Stephen Perifetta, who barely played after Super Rugby last year, but as a fullback, first five. So you kind of start questioning that depth, and it does worry you that after these guys, who have we got? Yeah. Brett Brett Cameron, who I, I no disrespect, but he's a guy that played for the All Blacks and disappeared and he's just come back a bit now but I, I think it raises alarm bells and I think the question should be asked Yeah, why did he come in and we need like it's a really big explanation to why he's in the team yeah I'm just I've found the Highlanders announcement for their 2023 squad uh, Marty Banks is in it Mitch Hunt is in it Cameron Miller is in it Scott uh, Sam Gilbert is in it and uh, then of course uh, you have uh, Vili Karoy as well, who uh, was at one point listed as a 10 last year. So that's five, six if you include Freddie Burns. I know a couple of those guys can play other positions, but yeah, it's an interesting one. If you're a Highlanders fan or even just a New Zealand rugby fan, what do you make of the decision to bring in a couple of uh, overseas imports, uh, and particularly the likes of Freddie Burns, um, to play first five at the Highlanders? Keen to hear from you. Double eight, double three. Double eight, double three is the text line or 0800 150. 8-11. Coming up shortly, we're going to catch up with Justin Nelson to talk some basketball. This is SENZ Extra Time, half past seven on your Monday night. Joining us to talk basketball now is Justin Nelson from Sky Sport. G'day, Justin. How are you? Hey, good evening, mate. I'm well. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. Good. I, I did want to ask you off the top, um, so I don't forget to do it later on, which happens a lot, uh, but Nick Kyrgios <laughs> um, has, uh, has joined the uh, ownership group of the South East Melbourne Phoenix NBL team. Yeah. Uh, I think who else is in there? Zach Randolph, John Wall, a few others, um, which is which is pretty high power. That's pretty cool. Um, what do you think that means for the league and what does it mean for the for the club? Well, first of all, forgetting to ask questions, welcome to the 50s, mate. That's, uh, <laughs> that's part and parcel of, uh, of what happened. Uh, look, we're seeing it a little bit in the in the NBL. It's, it's been ongoing for some time, the, the celebs coming in and, and buying a stake. And, you know, we've seen it a bit with NBA players and former NBA players. And now we see it with, you know, a tennis star and, and arguably one of the biggest names in world tennis, let alone Aussie tennis. And uh, Kyrgios is well known for his uh, fandom of basketball. He's incredibly passionate about it, loves to play it and can play it pretty good up and down the floor. And uh, this is a way for him to get involved and um, spend a bit more money. Do you reckon we might see him do an Ash Barty? You know, she's she's canned the tennis because apparently she wants to uh, try and have a crack at pro golf. Do you reckon he might go, you know what? He might do a Cristiano Ronaldo. I'm just going to buy a team and then I'm going to play myself. Well, one of the, the funny stories about Nick Kyrgios uh, back a few years ago, he was playing over in the States. I forget whether it was the US Open or Indian Wells, something like that. And he uh, pulled out due to injury. And uh, a day or two later, he was uh, videoed slam dunking in a pickup game of basketball back in Canberra. So <laughs> he, uh, 
he can certainly play the game. I don't know whether he'd make it to that level, but uh, his interest and his appetite will be satisfied now that he's a part owner. Now, I mean, he's obviously, as you mentioned, a high profile for not just his sporting ability, but for a lot of other reasons. Um, if you could get a New Zealand athlete to buy a Sells NBL team or buy a Sheeran uh, to promote the league, who would you go for? Oh, look, for me, there's only one person I'd love to get at the, the top of the list to invest in a basketball team here, and, and obviously that would be Steve Adams. In fact, he could probably buy the league, to be honest. Don't worry about buying a team. He could buy the league and uh, and run the game. Uh, it would be terrific to see him. He's already involved back here. I mean, he does so much for the community and the kids coming through, and we know that with the Steve Adams um, camps. He's been doing that for a number of years now, but... You know, maybe life after basketball when he's when he's finished, he'll uh, he'll invest locally and um, enjoy the other side of the game from behind the desk. Who knows? Yeah, maybe when he's not wiping the floor with washed up uh, NFL pros. <laughs> I did uh, I, I did have a giggle at that. Um, come and pick on someone your own size. Yeah, it was uh, it was funny. Yeah, it was it was quality. Actually, uh, he he scored that match winning bucket. Um, uh, to get that longest streak in the Grizzlies' uh, winning history, eleven games. It's uh, pretty impressive. They're they're going pretty good, and they broke the record. They broke only they only set last year, so they're obviously travelling pretty good with Stephen Adams and Jumper, aren't the team? Yeah, they're a really balanced team, aren't they? And you know, NBA, as you know, is all about the ups and downs during the season. We see it here in the in the cells NBL, the Aussie NBL, same thing. I mean, the Breakers obviously just bouncing back after a run of losses and. You know, I think the the Grizzlies are going to be right there. It's uh, it's shaping up to be one heck of a finish to the NBA season. I can't wait. The next few months are going to be a lot of fun. It will be, mate. Now, we should talk breakers, actually, because uh, I I was starting to think the wheels had fallen off. I mean, four straight losses would suggest that one of them's at least come loose, uh, but they managed to, to pull it back against the Kings. How much do you put that on uh, the schedule that they've had? Yeah, look, they're a little bit wobbly. No, no doubt that week where they had a run of three games and, and travelled to Perth, and they looked tired, didn't they? And uh, and that then rolled over into that loss against Illawarra um, early last week. And, um, you know, that was probably a little bit unexpected. Um, good on the Hawks for getting up. They've had a tough season, but all of a sudden the pressure was well and truly back on the breakers. And, and what a way to respond. What a win. And, and sometimes you need things to go your own way. I mean, against the Hawks last week, uh, that incredible shot from from Tyler Harvey, and you know sometimes things go against you, but thankfully they've they've got a win, and I think it, it you know it really invigorates some confidence, and that's exactly what you need at this time of the year. Despite the run of losses, we know they're not going to finish top two now. What they did on Sunday is they just had that repurpose of confidence. There'll be some belief amongst the team now. They've got four games to go. They've got some heavy travel coming up. I mean they play Thursday night in Brisbane. Have to jump on a plane and get back here for a Saturday gig against uh, Melbourne United. And that'll be tough because United, two games left, they're going to win both to make it, you would think, from here. So they're going to be up and about. Uh, But the Breakers have some confidence now, and I think that's certainly a good thing coming up to the final two rounds of the regular season. Yeah, I mean, they they were sitting pretty for a long period of time. Uh, How do you think they... Where do you think they're going to land? I think they're going to win their next four games. Um, I really do. I, I think that that run of outs, they weren't shooting well. Things weren't clicking. And it only takes one or two plays. I mean, Tob Abercrombie's steal late in the game against the Kings and the basket, fantastic. That really got the team up and about. And then, of course, Jarrell Brantley hitting that bank three-pointer. They got the win. I think it's the confidence that they needed. They didn't have Barry Brown Jr. They didn't have 
Izzy Arthur, those players will come back in. I can see them going on with it from here. I think they can win the next four and uh, and then obviously make a real shot of it come the playoffs. I thought uh, Rob Lowe was impressive as well, uh, the minutes that he got, um, you know, and, and what a player with that experience to, to have to be, able, to be able to bring on and, and change a game. Yeah, they're a deep team and it's it's always hard in the coach's chair to manage a deep team and get the minutes out there amongst the team. But Rob Lowe's probably been underplayed this season. Um, you know, that that's that's my view. I'm sure I'm sure a few others probably share the same view and you know, his class, we again we saw that. He is a steadying hand, he's able to play inside, outside, he can do the impossible things. We saw that you know, last year in the final six at the Cells NBL. We know what he's capable of doing, and uh, hopefully he'll get some confidence out of that game against the Kings as well. Yeah, that's what we want to see. Um, of course, Cairns are now uh, in our spot in the top two. Um, yeah, so you reckon the run that they'll go on, they, they should overhaul the Taipans? No, I, I think the top two set, I think it's going to be tough. Cairns are a pretty good team, um, as evidence from the season that they've had. Uh, but I think... Uh, Look, come playoffs, anything can happen. I mean, that's the magic of this game. Anything is possible. And I think if the Breakers can get form now over the next two weeks, they can turn that win against the Kings into a run of wins going into the playoffs. Anything is possible. They're going to have to do, you know, some damage away from home. The good news is they've been pretty damn good away from home this season. They've been exceptional away from home. So I don't think that bothers them at all. In terms of um, the Mel- Melbourne United, they've obviously put a string of wins together of late, I think four or five in a row. Uh, what have they done? What have, how, have they, how have they changed? Because they were having an awful season earlier. I mean, not quite Illawarra awful, but it wasn't, it wasn't what you expect out of that Melbourne side. Yeah, it changed a couple of things up. Copped some injuries early, um, brought in some new faces, some import changes, and you know, all of a sudden, again, we, we, we've t- talked about it the last, few minutes you get some confidence and the wheels are back on and they're turning and they're turning in the right direction they're very very well coached I mean this is a team that's arguably uh, been the team to beat for much of the last five or six years they just turn it on and uh, again when they get motoring when they're playing smart IQ basketball pushing the ball up the floor terrific shooters they've got that inside presence now Uh, they did make some hard decisions the decisions were right they've paid off they've got on a run but is it all too late because as you said that first half of the season for them they did stink it up they did indeed mate hey let's uh let's have a look at our own league the the cells nbl will be back before we know it and i know uh that you know at the moment teams are, are looking at um you know sort of some of the free agency players who's who's making what movies mate and who have you been impressed with well, there's been some smoke and mirrors because only three teams have announced players so far and I can tell everyone right now there's a lot going on behind the scenes that hasn't gone public yet. So there's a lot more players that have been signed. The news just hasn't been made public. Uh, definitely the Jets and the Airs have jumped out of the gates and uh, signed and announced plenty of players. We saw the Hawks enter the fray late last week. New coach, Everard Bartlett, former Tall Black, champion of the league. Great to see him getting the gig there. New GM, Jared Kenny. So they've got some past players in those spots, although the word out of Hawke's Bay is Jared Kenny will try and uh, do maybe what some people think the impossible. Uh, who knows? It's going to be fun to watch, but he's going to play and also be GM. So look out for that one. But they announced Jordan Hunt late last week. I think he's one of the best rim runners in the cells. NBL can stretch the floor. I think he's in for a big season. Uh, I think he'll move into the starting five with Jack Salt announcing his retirement. And uh, the Hawks, I think, made the big splash in week two. 
Is is it just me being old, um, and uh, or is or is Jack Salt retiring early? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, yeah, look, he's retiring early because we know he's he's a hell of a player, and uh, he's still such a young man, and um, it's his choice. You know, he's got other things to do in life, and he wants to move on and do those things. And uh, I'm sure we wish him well, and you know, thank him for the memories in his time in the game and what he did not only here in New Zealand but also in the States as well. But, uh, yeah, look, he's retiring early and we'll, we'll watch closely as to what he moves on to and does. Yeah, only 26. Um, I had to I, – when I said that, I was like, oh, is this just one of those things where time's passed me by and the bloke's actually 35? <laughs> but, no, he is only no. 26, so my mind isn't playing tricks on me, Justin. Yeah, well, it's a, that's been a topic of discussion tonight as well, your mind playing tricks. But, um <laughs> Look, it's not for everyone. The travel and the grind and all of the things that go with being a, a pro athlete, and it's a global game. Uh, you know, very rarely do you get to sit in one place and be a basketballer these days if you're playing at the elite level. You do have to travel. Uh, you have to head overseas. And, um, yeah, it's not for everyone. No, it is not for everyone. Um, but, yeah, it's a pity to see him give it away at 26. I hope uh, whatever he has going on, he's got something uh, decent lined up. Uh, just before we go, mate, uh, NBA, how do you think uh, that is is, is uh, lining up? I'm going to tell you what, my, my Celtics are looking all right. Yeah, they're looking really good, aren't they? Uh, I, I think they're definitely going to be at the pointy end. Uh, the uh, Lakers, dare we say it, bit of fun today not often you uh, find yourself uh, on the wrong side of what was it 32 points they were outscored in the second quarter today and they actually went on and won the game they've still got Anthony Davis to come back of course from injury Uh, Denver looking good I like Memphis I like Boston a lot of people talking about Philadelphia now Uh, I, I think there's probably five or six teams uh, but if we can get to the end, for me, Boston and Denver would be a fantastic matchup. Mm, yeah, it would be a great matchup. What what's uh, happened at uh, Hugh Bainan's Sacramento Kings? Um, they have gone from uh, <laughs> rubbish to contenders in the West. And I noticed uh, I spoke to Hugh the other day. I noticed he's saying very, very little at the moment, and that tells you uh, that he doesn't want to uh, upend. Uh, this glorious run that they're having. But uh, I can tell you now, if they do make it through to the playoffs, he's one man that you'll hear a lot from. Uh, They look good, don't they, the Kings? Mm. They've turned things around. They made some changes to that team, as you know, in the last 12 to 18 months. Not everyone agreed with it, but now we're sitting here watching them really blossom and some good young stars coming through as well. Yeah, Uh, and on that, but, you know, flip it around. I mean, the Phoenix Suns were really dominating the West the last two seasons, but they currently sit in in seventh place with a 50% record. I mean, uh, is is that just injuries? Is it wear and tear? What do you think's going on at at Phoenix? Yeah, they've had some wear and tear this season. Um, They've had to contend with with quite a bit. Uh, Cam Johnson's just come back. Chris Paul came back today immediately. 22 points and 11 assists. And uh, I think that if they can get healthy and get on a bit of a run, uh, there'll be a lot of teams looking over their shoulder at them coming. Let's not forget, Golden State Warriors as well. Mm. They're probably in a position at the moment that nobody expected. If they can get on a run, you can bet your bottom dollar a lot of people will be looking over their shoulders. Yeah, is Steph Curry back yet? He's been out with a shoulder for a while, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. He's uh, He's been back the last week or so and, uh, and straight back into it. Uh, I think, you know, certainly you don't want to discount the Warriors uh, if they find some form and they have been up and down. They've got a couple of issues, I think, in the makeup of their team. Uh, But if they can find some form, especially over the next four weeks, 
And we don't know what trades may or may not take place as well. So uh, it's a little bit open-ended at the moment. But once we get on the other side of that all-star break, it's on for young and old. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, I, I, I said, uh, I think it was before Christmas to somebody, we were talking about it, and I, was, I said, you know, I wouldn't like write uh, the Warriors off, you know, given that they've got Draymond Green, Andre Iguodala, obviously if they can get, keep Steph Curry fit, and then you've got, you know... Um, the likes of Clay Thompson in there and and Kevin Looney as well. I mean that team is is still pretty stacked. I mean they they could surprise a few and go on a run. Yeah, Jordan Poole, you know, mm. if that team's fit and healthy and he's coming off the bench and doing what he can do as well, uh, they're more than capable. You know, we've seen that plenty of times over the last uh, five or six years and the run that they've had. And I've got no doubt they're going to be a part of it. I think everyone expects them to be a part of it. Uh, but definitely, you know, their first half of the season, they've been on the wrong end and they're going to have to uh, come on strong. I'm sure they will. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure they will. Uh, now, Justin, uh, sells uh, NBL, um, when, when, he, when are you back uh, harassing me every week and talking basketball for an hour? <laughs> I think we're back first week of April. Sells uh, NBL tips off on Thursday, April the 6th. Looking forward to covering it all again. Casey Frank. Uh, of course, Andrew Mulligan, they're off doing breakers duty at the moment, but they're not too far away from getting back into it as well. Excellent, mate. Oh, I look forward to it. I look forward to it. I've got plenty of time to uh, uh, to do some study as well and uh, and get amongst it. So I'm looking forward to that, mate. Go well. And go those Cincinnati Bengals. Looking very, very good today. Look out for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, mate, to be honest, I, I mean, you know, they, they haven't been a bad side, but I thought the Bills would have too much, but the Bills seem to have just faded, you know. I mean, I, I put all the uh, the turnovers they made last week down to just one of those things, and that they'd be back and they'd be right this week, but it just hasn't happened. Oh, that duo, Joe Burrow and, and Jamar Chase. What 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 a time to be a Bengals fan, and uh, you know, long may they stay together, and uh, definitely the next decade if the Bengals can keep them in the orange and black, it's going to be uh, one hell of a trip for the next decade or so. But how about those conditions today as well? Mm. Quite amazing. Yeah. And the Bengals look so clean in those conditions. Got the win. They did get the win. What do you reckon? It's going to be uh, Bengals-Eagles then? Is that what you're thinking, Super Bowl? Yeah, well, of course, they've got to get through the divisional playoffs. Bengals take on the Chiefs. Uh, Burrow up against Mahomes. That's going to be a terrific matchup next week. Looking forward to that. Eagles look good. Of course, 49ers got through today over the Cowboys. Two really good matchups for the Divisionals, and then we head to the big one. Yeah, we do. Uh, I guess the question mark is how bad is Mahomes' ankle? Yeah, everyone's talking about it at the moment. Um, a lot of people thinking that he will turn out next week and, and play against the Bengals, and you get to the pointy end of any sporting season. You know, you're going to do everything you possibly can, whether it's getting jabbed, whether it's getting taped up, whatever it is to get out there. But no doubt he goes in under an injury cloud. And that may well be the difference. You're talking about two of the premier quarterbacks in the NFL. They go head-to-head next week. I think Mahomes is going to be out there. But no doubt that ankle is going to be a problem. It'll be on his mind. Mm, yeah, I think it will be. I think it will be. All right, Justin, go well, mate. We'll talk to you again next week, eh? Cheers. Good on you. Cheers. It is uh, 12 away from 8 here on Extra Time on SENZ. Eight away from eight o'clock here on SENZ Extra Time with uh, Ricardo Ball. And uh, yeah, the Chili Peppers playing all the songs that they didn't play in Auckland on uh, Saturday night. I hope you're enjoying them. If you were at the concert and missed out on them, uh, we're bringing them to you uh, right here, right now. Now, uh, Ben, you and I have been talking uh, about the decision for the of the Highlanders to sign Freddie Burns. On the face of it, uh, it seems a weird one, given that they've still got Marty Banks, Mitch Hunt, Sam Gilbert, Cameron Miller, 
Vili Karoy, we've mentioned all of that. Uh, the only thing, you know, I mean, if they had signed him and they had a couple of young first fives, so maybe they sign him and they've got Cameron Miller and Sam Gilbert there and they're trying to bring those guys on, I get it, right? But at the moment, with six guys who can play first five, including the experience of Hunt, however bad he was last season, and Marty Banks, it's like it, I, I, I'm struggling to see why we've, uh, why they've made this decision. It really does not make sense. So it would be great great to hear from whether it's Clark Demody, the the coach, about you know the reasons for it because it doesn't make sense. We really should be giving that spot to somebody who to to, to develop. But does that then say that we don't have anybody worthy enough to develop? Which then I think should be raising alarm bells, and then we should be questioning the MPC and. That that with their credibility of that tournament because isn't that the whole progression you go from your MPC to your Super Rugby? Well, that, and that's the thing. I mean, and Cameron Miller is in there. He is that player, right? Um, and and like I say, you know, if if you don't have Marty Banks or Mitch Hunt, I totally understand bringing Freddie Burns in, but those guys are still there. So unless you're shipping Mitch Hunt out or Marty Banks out, or if not both, um, and and investing in youth and say Cameron Miller and Sam Gilbert, it's a, it's a bit of a head scratcher. Or even if there's an injury to one of them, but that hasn't been announced, so we don't know. No, no, we don't. So be interested to hear more on that. And also uh, Martin uh, Bogado, the uh, Argentinian uh, winger who has has signed as well. That for me is an interesting one, considering um, you know I mean we we seem to in New Zealand rugby uh, seems to just absolutely uh, breed outside backs. We seem to have them for Africa. So it's it's an interesting one. They're bringing in a, an outside back from Argentina. And I know you mentioned Pablo Matera, but he's a bona fide leader and star, right? And, you know, all due respect to Martin uh, Bogato, he's not. Well, especially when we see a guy like George Bridge leave when mm. he was, I know he's playing for the Crusaders, but he could have signed for the Highlanders and kept it and stayed in Super Rugby. Yeah, well, and I kind of thought that that was where he would go. But obviously the Highlanders maybe couldn't uh, compete with France in terms of the amount of money, uh, which which would make sense, and that's fair enough to, to, to George. So, yeah, I know it's, it's it's an interesting one. Until we can get you know uh, somebody from the Highlanders on to, to talk about it, I, I'd be interested to ask those questions, see what the, the rationale is uh, behind this. Tell you, England is interesting, isn't it? The professional rugby set up in England at the moment, they've had two clubs go to the wall in their competition this year, like so, they're literally down two clubs who have completely gone bankrupt. They are, they're not in liquidation or anything, they're uh, in receivership or anything. They've actually gone bankrupt. They they just don't exist anymore. And now Leicester are offloading players like this. What well, makes you wonder how how uh, much trouble the English game is in as well? It is coming up six uh, four away from eight o'clock. After eight o'clock, Ben's in. He's going to run the cutter at the Oki with another Ben, Big Ben Rob. It's your darts fix up next.